doing home improvements and I hurt myself and it's no big deal I still have my eyes (laughs) but I did almost shish kebab myself in the eye with a bamboo plant because I wasn't wearing goggles and I was moving too fast and I leaned in so I was trying to limit my screen time in terms of editing which of course didn't stop me from looking at social media so I'm a hypocrite I'm here to tell you this episode is the second half of me and Molly Cersei. And in this part, um, this is the little disclaimer here. It might trigger some people. I don't want to ruin your day. I don't want to ruin your day if you're not in a headspace where you can ever have a sense of humor about um, injury, trauma, um, let's see, gore, uh, religion, uh so and disability and entertainment because uh, we we kind of a dark sense of humor and we touch on all of those things and so if any of that <laughs> joking about any of those things is gonna mess up your peace of mind today then maybe this isn't the best time for you to listen to this um but I I also wanted to say I in in spite of what you might think after listening to this episode, <laughs> uh, on the playback, I was thinking I should really clarify. I think that religion uh, serves a purpose in people's lives that um, if it brings you peace and it makes you a better person, um, by all means, I'm very glad that you have it in your life. So, um there are some amazing people that do amazing work and find their people through religion. So I don't know. I just feel like I needed to say that because I don't want to <laughs> bash on it. Anyway, um, I hope you're getting geared up for an amazing weekend and you're starting to map out on your calendar when you're getting your coronavirus vaccine because uh, we are excited for mid-March when hopefully we can get it. So um, here's looking at you, kid. And here's the rest of me and Molly chatting. If you are in Texas or want to see any of the, any of the digital shows they're doing via Zoom with the Dallas Theater Center, uh, the, there is a link here to Molly's profile. And through there, there's another link to see about seeing those shows so support the arts and have a great week what are your thoughts on deepak chopra (laughs) oh rapist no i uh, (laughs) oh god think oh he's coming after me for slander i know it because he's (laughs) everyone knows deepak loves a good lawsuit does he I'm just why did you ask me if you know nothing about him all of my jokes aren't landing okay so I think like a lot of um guru-y type because and I'm not diminishing uh his 
religious right. beliefs. When I say guru-y type people, I mean, there are guru people of all faiths that have similar things right. to say about how to exist on this right. plane. So I'm just lumping him in with other yes. people. I'm not diminishing what he believes. Um, but they all, they're at the end, I think people forget they're human beings. Mm. And when stuff comes out about them, the amount of shock that ripples through the the world doesn't land on me because I assume (laughs) whenever I see someone in a position of power I don't mind saying this at all but uh look whenever someone is a religious leader or lifestyle leader of any type (laughs) yeah I think if there are people in this world who want to take advantage of other people, that that would be the first place I would go if I was that kind of person. So there's a good chance that you should vet all of your one hundred, <laughs> all of your religious leaders, because it's like if they have half a brain and they want to exploit people, Kenneth Copeland, where would be the best place for them to go? I'm not saying all religious leaders are that. I think that you can't. Uh, silence the bad guys because it's disrespectful to the few or the many that are actually amazing philanthropic people because the philanthropic people should be like as outraged as everyone else the philanthropic people should be like get the hell out of my (laughs) out of my label you shouldn't be able to call yourself reverend or or uh you know leader of any kind like they should be yeah so that's my take okay. on it. I, I always, I assume, especially when someone thinks that they have their shit together so well that they can tell everyone else how to live, how to it's do like, it. No. They're that confident. Then I'm like, you're guilty until proven innocent. I love that. I love that. I think that that's a great philosophy. That's how I protect yeah. myself because I'll tell you, honey, honey pants, you know, what kind of weird ass County I came from. And you know, when when a youth ministers disappear into the night that had been there for five years, and then in a couple months you find out, oh, they found some things on his laptop. What? Um, that should stick in your brain. Your brain shouldn't go, oh, I'm going to repress this, and then I'm going to move into adulthood and pretend I never heard that. That should be on the forefront of your brain forever. I did not know But a lot that. of people, a lot of people I grew up with decided you know, at that age to repress it. But um, I'm sorry, that sounded really messed up that I just said people decide to repress it because the whole point of repression, the whole point of repression is that it's yeah. not conscious. We know you're a terrible person. It's okay. I mean, we, we that's why we're here. That's why we're friends. Hell yeah. That's why we're friends. Uh, I, yeah, my, my brain got dirty really young. So I hate the humans. Um <laughs> What uh what and, uh what denomination or was it just one of those general like damn Molly getting it all up into the guts. We don't need uh, to know. You don't have I'm to. I'm not answer. calling out. I'm not going to call out the <laughs> old county, but I just did. <laughs> no, actually I uh it's such a small town that I grew up in and uh there were so many churches though and the the two big ones had like these big ass youth 
hangout centers that they built with you know their uh community money that it would be like now the kids have somewhere to go on saturday they can eat pizza and play foosball instead of doing drugs in a field like those other kids sex in the Um, bathroom (laughs) at the community at the church center yeah uh so everybody knows that's where the uh, stuff went down. The kids was at church youth for sure and church camp, and you know mm-hmm. I knew I, I, I knew people. I heard things. So yeah, you and yeah, and Molly, you and I were fortunate enough to have somebody in our life at some point at a young enough age say, "Hey, if an adult wants to spend time with you so badly, <laughs> that's a red flag." Uh, and we were like. We're like little babies going, what's yeah. a red flag? I don't know, but scratch him in the face and kick That's him right. in the nuts. My mom, you know, my mom's <laughs> defense was always, well, A, she would say, we don't do that in our family. And then she would also say about, about anything, <laughs> about anything, oh, about, about anything. anything. <laughs> if something was uh, uh, less than, if it wasn't on the level or uncouth in some way, we don't do that in our family. And then secondary to that was if there was, if they were, if it was, if I had encountered a, an adult that wanted to spend intimate time with me or something, her reaction would have been, "Don't make eye contact. Don't don't look at them and don't make <laughs> eye contact." And you know what? It works. Just don't look at them. Just don't look at them, and they don't exist. Do you know what upsets me more than anything is actually that you're one of the few other people I've ever known that has a similar. <laughs> Uh, cautionary warning from a parent like that. Like most of the people I've known throughout life didn't get that kind of strict. I don't know if you've encountered a lot of people that had strict, but Uh, it's a, it's a up and down, up and down. Okay. Yeah. 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 Getting off the top. I cut you off though. You were saying that. No, but I want to go down the street because you just made me think about when you're (laughs) Your, your mom, bless her heart, so funny, says <laughs> that's not what we do yes. in our family. Or what is, uh, yeah, I very much relate to that. Uh, they, I think my mom's was a lot more. Say it. Oh, say it. Oh, God, I need to know. No, trying to picture it wasn't, but it wasn't a constant, it wasn't a catchphrase with her. So it wasn't a constant thing. So probably along the lines of, oh, well, they don't know better <laughs> their mama their mamas like to keep them in a bubble oh. or like they'd rather they'd rather their kids get raped <laughs> than, than to have to have an honest conversation oh my with God. Oh, she didn't say that she didn't say that um <laughs> just like as much warning as she was you know I, I think that's why it's so hard to scare the bejesus out of me is because my mom like would say, look, if if a man tries to if a man tries to like grab your hand and like I'm not standing next to you, you scratch him in the face so we can identify him later. <laughs> oh my god. But that um, makes sense. So I think that's but the thing is that does make sense because that's something that they do look at. As someone who consumes mm-hmm. a lot of dateline, I can testify <laughs> that they do look at things like that, like like did the the suspect have any wounds on them? Would you know were they and mm-hmm. that is a big thing. So scratch them up, 
for sure scratch them up, snatch them, snatch their hair off yeah. and then scratch their face. Yeah, like they should have, oh, we have five guys. Okay, well, does one of them have a bald spot on his left temple? Because he's yanked it. <laughs> let's let's stop talking about if he maybe kind of sort of had a mole on his left cheek. Does he have a That's fucking right. bald spot? The hell with a tattoo, <laughs> the hell with a, you know, prosthetic or a, a limp or anything like that. It's about the scratch. Yeah. The scratch tells us mm-hmm. that's the identifying mark. That's what you learn from CSI Miami. Like so many predators have are amputees of some sort. <laughs> That's the life lesson. That's the life lesson that we've gotten from the media yeah. and from Hollywood writers that evil people, you know, <laughs> it's always that you can see them coming a mile away because they got they got uh, prosthetic. There was a, an episode. It, you're not wrong because there was an episode of Picket Fences. Do you remember this show? Oh, I was just thinking about that show yesterday. I was because I saw Nodder wanted to watch. I'm telling you, he's going through his like American Renaissance. So he's watching all these like movies I would never put on. Uh, He put on. Well, I know a lot of people actually love what I'm about to say, which is the uh, 10 things. Is it 10 things I hate about the taming of the shoe thing? Okay, so he was watching that, and that guy from Picket Fences plays like the coach, and he's like the head, the detention after school detention. Tom Skerritt. I think so. Yeah. No, Tom Skerritt is the good-looking mustache dad. Yeah, he is the good-looking mustache dad. He's old. No, no, no. This is the skeezy. This is the skeezy guy. Anyway, what 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 are you thinking about Picket Fences? Well, I just remember. One of my first memories is a traumatic one. And I remember watching Picket Fences. I mean, it's, there are, I have good memories too, but I, I, it's like one of my very early memories because um, it was the early nineties and Picket Fences was on. And there was this episode where uh, it's, it's called like the green the, the green river killer or something, but it's not, I mean, cause that's an actual person, but it's something like that. Anyways, <laughs> Because I've looked up the episode to see if this really happened, and it did. Um, the 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 murderer is chopping people's hands off and putting them in jars, and they find the jars of hands like by the ditch and stuff. And the kids find them and they bring them in and and they, they, they to school. I mean, and they're like, "Look at this! What hand I found!" And it scared me so bad. That when I was a kid, and still as an adult, it's like I would intentionally sleep with my hands under my bedspread because if I had them out, then someone could come chop them off at night because they wouldn't look under the blanket. It's extra protection. But I think the deal was, was that the guy like wanted, he like was missing a hand or something and wanted somebody's hand or wanted other people to suffer or something. I don't know. Hell, this was a true. That part of it was based on a true serial killer. No. Oh, oh. I think the oh, just the name, the Green Green Mountain something, something. Green Mountain Energy. Oh, okay. Because it sounds so cheesy. It's like I can understand that that would that would traumatize a very small child, (laughs) but it does sound like very like stories, great ghost stories to tell in the dark. And he chopped her hand off. Did you see that movie, Ghost Stories or Scary Stories of Selling the Dark? I saw that it was coming out and then I never saw where to watch it. Mm. But I, what did you? It was, what, 
Did it live up? Oh, I enjoyed it. There's just, I was going to ask you about a very specific. Um... I need to see it. Cause that was definitely like a book. My like one friend and I <laughs> used to get used my to, reflection. Used and I used to talk a lot of it. <laughs> we had great dinner conversation. The left side of my face with the fake mustache on. And I just love the third chapter. Um, yeah, no, we take turns checking it out of the library oh at the God. school. They wouldn't let you, they wouldn't let the same student check the same book out back to back you had to like let someone else have a turn so we would just <laughs> let someone else have a turn claire <laughs> get off the get off the merry-go-round claire let someone else you snooze you lose i got the ghost bitch <laughs> oh my god so yeah my friend and i monopolized that book for a full year i think like no one else in the school could check it out because we just took Was it turns just, did it take you that long to read it or you just um i think it just point... needed it I knew that uh, I knew that I needed I knew that I needed attention <laughs> as an entertainer, and like my friend used to be like, "Let's take turns, let's take turns seeing who can tell oh, this like, okay. story, the synopsis of the story better." And we used to just love the hell out of the girl with the green ribbon. That- uh, and like, Mm-mm, I hate that one was very scary. I I couldn't. I it, it, it that was very horrifying to me. Yes. Oh, it's and see, I think you learn a lot about yourselves when you sit. You're sitting with your f- close friends. You find out which stories horrify which friends the most, and then you analyze why. why. Yeah, <laughs> I have a thing with stuff falling off. I guess hands and heads, and you know, it's just I want all my parts. I want I need my parts. My parts. <laughs> um, my lady parts. My again, this all circles back to a physical autonomy for yes. you. I hate to like keep bringing this no. up. And it's not like that's a unique human attribute <laughs> to be like, I want my I body, my body intact. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, Molly's a selfish dancer. <laughs> I just want a selfish bitch. She won't. But I am an organ donor. Oh, she's... Okay, uh, Molly's not married yet, everyone. So <laughs> any eligible bachelors out there that want a lady who gives a shit about donating her, her organs. But the thing is, uh, I don't know if it's... Me too, though. That you're an organ donor or that you also want to marry someone that I don't who know. wants organs? I, wow, <laughs> no. That I just, I'm also an <laughs> But uh, I did have an altercation with Nodder when uh, when we were at the DMV for our California licenses and they messed up and didn't put organ donor oh. on his. I was like, this is a problem for me. I can't be married to someone who wants to take it all with them. Oh, I thought you meant. <laughs> I was like, I do think less of you if no. you don't get this fixed. Because he's like, I'm too busy. And I'm like, this is no absolutely i thought you meant when you said no this is a problem for me i thought you meant this is a problem because <laughs> i need your or i need your lungs because if you die first <laughs> i need your kidneys i isn't that funny if that if that's how it could work which from what i've learned from boston legal if you look like michael j fox you can do it that way <laughs> what? put in a special no he puts it as he buys a black market lung oh. basically how does that work out for him? Uh, Probably not well. I'm actually that's where we stopped 
so I don't know how it ends. The last, he was with Julie Bowen, who everybody knows from Modern Family. Um, and the, the episode is, ends on a cliffhanger with her saying, I don't like the sight of you. You're buying black market lungs. And he goes, um, okay, I'm going to go out of town for five weeks. Um, and she's like, are you doing what I think you're going to do? And he's like, I know you don't want me to say, so I'm just going to say nothing. And then the episode ends. Wow. So we don't know. You know, Michael J. Fox is so great in so many ways. And he said this thing the other day that uh, I thought, <laughs> you know, just to take it down this path um, about death um, that I thought was really great, actually. He said... Um, mm. He was being interviewed, I think, by Terry Gross, maybe, um, who's got mm. nothing on you, sweetie. This is great. Um, but <laughs> she she asked him. Wow. <laughs> she asked him if, if he believed in the afterlife or something to that effect. And he said that he views it like a Cracker Jack box and that like. If he gets to the bottom of the Cracker Jack box and there's a prize, then he'll be happy. Mm -hmm. But if he gets mm -hmm. to the bottom of the Cracker Jack box and there's no prize, then at least he ate a shitload of caramel right. corn. Right. He still enjoyed the Cracker Jack okay. and he still ate a shitload of caramel corn. And I like that. Yeah. That's nice. I've been thinking a lot about him because of um, his interesting take on mortality mm -hmm. and how... So a lot of people in entertainment, when they are diagnosed with something debilitating, mm -hmm. um, and of course, I'm not going to shy away from the fact that he was considered like a little heartthrob. He's a white, cisgendered mm -hmm. male. Short. Um, that with all the confidence mm -hmm. in the world. The thing is, I don't, I don't want to put down people who are dealing with their personal traumas and say that they, they don't want to exploit that, so to speak as an as a performer because there's a lot of validity in people desiring privacy and how it can be devastating for them to feel like they can't be a performer right. anymore because it, it limits them <clears throat> but he was one of the first ones that said i'm not gonna let it uh stop me from performing but it b because it is going to limit me and i accept that it <laughs> that's just the reality of it that he was always playing a character that had a reason for having parkinson's yeah. type yeah. symptoms yeah um so i love that you shared that quote yeah from well his interview because because he's awesome thanks. and he's navigated this uh, navigated it in a way that you know i think i agree is like admirable and like he doesn't seem to i don't know he, he just i don't know he's great it's yeah the the journey and the choices that yeah. he made through his strength. And I don't want to diminish other people's choices either because I can completely relate to someone who's like, I am in mourning for the way things will never be for me. And I don't want to play characters where I constantly have to think about that. So maybe I just can't perform anymore. And that's their, like, if they're protecting their sanity because they don't want to be thinking about that constantly, they're trying to think happy thoughts. That's oh, super valid right. too. Yeah. I agree. You know, if you have the luxury of, uh, you know, being able to dictate like what what jobs you take when and you don't have to like depend on that paycheck or whatever, uh, you know, then 
Because, yeah, because, I mean, he's very fortunate that he can be like, yes, I'm going to play this character and I'm going to. Yeah. Um, very good point. Thing happen. Yeah. Did I just speak through the lens as though <clears throat> every performer is in a situation where Boston Legal is calling you to say, you want to come on the show? You have any ideas of what kind of character you want to play? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I just. Because I think no, I might have No, you been. were very diplomatic about it. No, it made a lot of good points. I just. But that's true. Unless you're a celebrity, you don't have those options. You're not asked what kind of character you want to contribute to a show as a walk-on or guest star. Yeah. I mean, not that I know of anyway. Maybe some people. No one I know. Well, I admire you a lot. You are a wonderful person. And there's something about the way you converse with people that is very disarming. And I was trying to hone in on if there is just one attribute that I could say is the most effective part of you that disarms people, what would it be? (laughs) And I think that when I think about consistency from when I first met you years ago to now, that the most disarming quality about you is your curiosity about other people. And while I know that this is a genuine reflex for you that you want to like absorb and get to know people better that that is all very natural to you it seems or does it <laughs> <laughs> no i was just curious because i've been reading lately you know things about um we all choose which characteristics about ourselves we want to amplify or nurture to make stronger and like what kind of people we want to be or like we all have impulses that are dark and like we can make we make choices about like oh I don't like that side of myself I'm gonna really try to yeah (laughs) Uh, um so that's not to say that that it it's it's still it's very human to want to curate the characteristics you have that's human I was just curious if you are uh cognizant if you're aware about your curiosity if maybe at some point did you read something that was like you know how to better connect with people um here's a tip you know what I mean or if this is well hey thank you that's a very nice thing to say thank you um uh I don't know really I I can't think of it uh I I will say I've always been a very curious person I have you know most of my memories from being a kid and stuff are like just asking my parents a barrage of questions all of the time <laughs> and uh sometimes they entertained it with the truth and sometimes not and uh uh and uh it, but it was always you know if it wasn't the truth it was like something funny or or just like a weird filler or something um but i've always been sort of plagued with the question why like i've thought about sometimes like do does everyone have sort of like a life question like of the five like who what why where when how kinds of like engineers like clearly Mm -hmm. have they have the how question um i i have felt just 
I just, I get to this, like, why is this thing like that? And what, what makes someone feel that way or what, I don't know. And so, mm-hmm. um, this is a genuine curiosity. It is a genuine about- curiosity. I mean, I, I was super not, I was super shy growing up. I was very afraid to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I had to get to a point where, uh, I had to like get over that. Mm. And then in high school, when I got more involved in theater and stuff, it helped me, it helped me talk to people more. Um, but I still sort of take my time with taking the temperature of different rooms because I never want to punch myself into it. Um, so I'll kind Mm. of wait until it's appropriate to talk to somebody, I guess, but I, I, I do feel like there was a moment, but I can't think of when, but there were moments, maybe it was gradual, but there were times where I was like, okay, you, you have to just talk to people. You have to just, just, you know, Mm. not, not be so afraid of talking to people. Yeah. You wanted to interact. Yeah. Because, and if that's a conscious choice for, okay, I'm going to start doing this thing now, I'm going to start interacting more. How, now, now I have a choice of how I'm going to do that. That's a very wholesome, no. awesome way to choose to like, you know what, get them talking about themselves and ask, you know, get to know them better. That's an amazing option. I, if not the best option when you're feeling like you want to interact yeah. more. And I, I think also you find what your common grounds are. And you find that you can find out like how you connect with that person um, and how you can have a relationship with that person, whether it's a coworker that you just sort of know or or whatever, like it's how you begin to nurture the relationship. But like uh, David Sedaris is so funny, um, obviously. And I heard him. I've never heard (laughs) him. I, I was listening to him on the radio the other day plugging his new book the best of me Mm. you plug other people's shit more than your own oh i'm so bad about it i hate it i hate plugging my own shit i hate plugging anything i hate i'm so bad about everything but that's how you know how good you are for people to hire you because they know you're never gonna plug your shit but they still want you because you're that talented (laughs) thank you i don't know i think i just I don't know. I really don't know. I, I would definitely get more work probably if I was better at being like, look at this. But I'm also just so like critical of everything that I do that I'm always like, no one should look at it. Um, but uh, it's also just, I, I struggle with like the narcissistic elements of our occupation and of social media. And lately I've just seen more and more stuff, uh, just the negative sides of social media that how it affects people and takes a toll on their self-esteem. And certainly I'm not immune to that. And so I'm like, uh, Larry King has this great quote that was like, it's something about like, I know I'm not going to learn anything today by opening my mouth, but by opening my ears or something, basically like listening is the way that you learn. So, Mm -hmm. uh, as I speak, as I talk, I'll (laughs) impart you with that knowledge. Um, but (laughs) David Sedaris was talking about this thing. He was talking about, uh, God, who was interviewing him? Chris Boyd um, was interviewing him. And she was like, how do you come up with those um, 
like, like I was at a book signing you had, and you asked some woman that came up to you, do you have any implants in your body? You know, what, 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 why do you choose those icebreakers? And he's like, because you can't get to know someone if you just say, hi, how are you? How's the weather today or whatever? I would never be wow. that ballsy <laughs> to ask someone like that, ask someone a question <laughs> like that. I think he has certain permissions that us lay people do not. But I do think that you can get to know someone better if you just find out a little more. Do you know, um, interesting. I did not know that about David Sedaris. Um, I just recently listened to Amy, his sister, on a podcast um, talking about her next season of her show that they're still managing to do even though they're on lockdown and her talking about their upbringing and how... Um, it's a privilege that th to be able to uh, say, I'm going to try making stuff my own way and maybe no one will ever see it and it won't lead to anything. There's a privilege in that. But I, I deign to say that you are more skilled at people interaction by far than what you just described David Sedaris is saying, because you oh. have to allow some people, you have to allow some, you have to allow people to express their own boundaries to establish any kind of trust because putting people on the spot by asking about something that could is you know <laughs> that it's that it's a toss-up asking about somebody's implants like that's a that is not respecting people uh to tell you who they are that's you demanding to know their most intimate things that's like michael scott telling people like tell me a secret you've never told anyone that's that is true to someone you just met um so i will say in that regard you are way more skilled oh than my Sarkis. god can i put that on my special skills the open your mouth certification that I'm you're better than david starts on level one mastery practitioner thank you thank for coming you. on my pleasure well and you'll be on here next time we're gonna get you back when we okay. got some more to talk great about. all right Love, Love you, you too. too.